this is John. And this is Jamie. And you're listening to the Boston University Podcast. So our guest today is a retired animal cruelty officer in New Jersey with almost 2,000 investigations during his career. He received his interfaith ordination from the Universal Life Church, followed by his ordination as an animal chaplain from the Emerson Theological Institute. He now serves as the chaplain for the Monmouth County SPCA in Eatontown, New Jersey, Police Benevolent Association Number 394, and is a faith ally with the Humane Society of the United States. His services, which are always free, include pet blessings, funerals, memorials, bereavement counseling, as well as spiritual and emotional support for the patrons, volunteers, officers, and staff of the Monmouth County SPCA and beyond. He has just published his first book, which he's here to tell us about today. So please welcome Chaplain Matty Giuliano, author of My Name is Muskie, A Ferret Story. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. We'd love to have you here. We're excited. So let's get right into it. How did you find yourself in animal welfare? You know, it's a, it's a unique story. Um, I also happen to be a, an electrician with Local 3 IBEW in New York City. I was very, very active in my local union. And we had had, at the time, we were going to be entering into a new project labor agreement uh, with the New York City school system at the time. And I had gotten up and I had spoken out against the project labor agreement, which the union leadership had wanted us to agree to. And at that point, I was on the outs. Scandalous. Yes, very much so. As an up-and-coming union uh, activist in New York City. And I was, I was beside myself because I had dedicated my degree from Rutgers University, was in industrial labor relations at mm-hmm. the time. And I, I, I couldn't believe that because I had spoken out against what I thought was a project labor agreement that was not going to be in the best interest of, of this membership, that I was now persona non grata up at the union hall. So were you fired or they just kind of didn't talk to you? Yeah, kind of didn't talk to me. Like being blacklisted? Kind of, yeah. You know, people that you always thought were your friends, all of a sudden... They don't talk to you. Right. They're Mm -hmm. they're scurrying down the hallway to stay away from you. And I had found myself in a, a, a dark place for a couple of weeks. And in order to cheer myself up, I went to the Super Pet Expo <laughs> in Edison, New Jersey. And the New Jersey State SPCA was there. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that at the time, they were hiring. They were looking for new animal cruelty officers. And with my background in industrial labor relations and understanding, uh, understanding labor law, uh, the National Labor Relations Act, the Fair Labor Standards Act, Title VII, they thought that I would transition nicely into understanding and being able to interpret Title IV of the New Jersey statutes, which was the animal cruelty laws of the state. So I was brought on the New Jersey State SPCA, and it's been a wonderful ride ever since. In 2008, I, I left the state SPCA for an opportunity with the Monmouth County SPCA, where I I came on uh, as a sergeant in Monmouth County, and I've been here ever since, and I love it, and I have no plans to ever leave. That's great. When did you make your transition from your humane law enforcement officer to chaplain? Because that's not normal. No, no, not not even close, not even close. Um, If somebody had said to me so many years ago that this is what I would be doing today, I would have told them they were crazy. I'm sure. What happened was my dog had gotten sick with cancer. My dog, Remy, back in uh, 2013, was diagnosed with lymphoma. And you, you, it, it's, everybody knows having a sick dog sucks. Yes, it does. But what made it so much more frustrating for me is that, you know, here it is. I'm the one who 
who is is working to save animals and and working as an animal cruelty officer you see animals in the absolute worst condition mm-hmm. possible yep now now my dog goes to his vet appointments mm-hmm. and my dog eats the best food yep my dog gets groomed my dog is well loved and my dog is now the one who's sick you never think it'd be yours never would think it would be yours because of of all of the time love the energy yeah, and attention that we give these animals who would ever think otherwise that's just crazy it's just not normal. and how old was remy remy was turning 10 okay so still young very absolutely that's not too old no, to be coming no. down with cancer uh and it was uh when, when you work in animal welfare you tend to have or develop a, a relationship with saint francis of assisi now saint francis for those of you who don't know is the patron saint of animals. And at that time, I turned to St. Francis and I said, please, please help me with my dog. If he must go and be with you, if he must go and be with God, please don't let it be around the holidays. Mm -hmm. Please don't let it be at Christmas. Do not ruin the Christmas season for myself and my family Mm -hmm. for the remainder of my days by, by having a dog die Near it. That's just yeah. before the no, holidays. No, I feel very, very similar to you on that. On that, yeah. And and Saint Francis, as far as I see it, Saint Francis heard my prayers, and with Remy getting sick, it compelled me to to start a a charity at the time called Conquer Canine Cancer. Mm-hmm. Remission is our mission. There was a a veterinarian at the University of Pennsylvania, Dr. Nicola Mason, who does amazing work in in the field of animal cancer and she at the time was on the cusp of coming up with a vaccine for both lymphoma and osteosarcoma in dogs wow Uh, major stuff and and it involves using their own immune system in order to to, it's yeah far far more advanced than i could explain to to you or or anybody who's listening far more advanced for me to understand exactly (laughs) And you know, it's great. When you, when you talk to Dr. Mason, you realize how amazingly bright this woman is and, mm-hmm. and totally on another level. Yeah. And uh, hey, listen, whatever works, you know, and I'm, I'm here to support you. Mm-hmm. So I started Conquer Canine Cancer. We held two benefits and we raised, I'm going to say about $15,000 wow. to donate. In two events? In two events. That's pretty good. In, in a, well, I was, I'm a terrorist. You know. <laughs> Besides being a chaplain, I'm also a terrorist. <laughs> very and persistent. I, I did it, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, I, what, what, uh, what made it work was I, uh, I had a 50-50 raffle. Okay. And I always carried the 50-50s with me. So whenever I'd run into somebody, I would say to them, for example, I'd say, hey, John, how are you? Oh, how you doing, Matt? Good to see you. Yeah, no, what's new? Oh, same old stuff. Listen, by the way, I have my can- uh, Conquer Canine Cancer event. We have a 50-50. The raffles are $10 a piece. How many would you like? I'm having deja vu right now. <laughs> well, that's exactly how it went, yeah. And, uh, and oh, well, you know, I'll hook up. No, look, I got them right now. Here you go. Let's bup, go. Bup, Let's bup. do this. How many, you know, how many do you want? Who doesn't have cash on them? Who, yeah, well, and, and, and how many do you want? Well, you know, Matt, I'll take one. I only have a 20. Listen, sorry, I don't have change. Here, take two. <laughs> Goodbye. And, 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 and the 50-50. That's how it's done. And that's how it's done. And, and the 50-50 was a big success. Plus, I, I happen to have a, a lot of friends in entertainment. Yes, you do. And I'm very fortunate. And I had, uh, f- for the, the, the first Conquer Canine Cancer Benefit, 
my headline entertainer was comedian Vicky Batetto, who's an old friend of mine. I for, love him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Vic came, and in fact, Vic flew in early from a show in Montreal in order to do the Conquer Canine Cancer wow. Benefit. That is friendship. Yeah, and it was absolutely awesome. And the second one, I had Angel Salazar, who is one of the Latin kings of comedy, mm-hmm. uh, another friend of mine. So it really, uh, it, it really had taken off, and it, it worked out very well. I and, love it. And, and Remy passed away on January 7th of 2014. Wow. St. Francis heard my prayer. Yeah. He carried Remy through the holidays. Yeah. And we gave him a, 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 a wonderful farewell. And he left his mark. Yeah. That, that's what's important it, it, to me is that he really helped to leave his mark on, and we donated his lymph nodes. Wow. We had his lymph nodes removed and uh, donated to the University of Very Pennsylvania for continued research. And from that moment on, I had a greater spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you felt hurt. I felt, well, you go through all the emotions. You go through, I'm hurt, I'm angry, I'm upset, mm-hmm. I'm angry again, I'm hurt again. Yep. But overall, I, I was at peace mm-hmm. with his passing because St. Francis kept him with us to the time that I had asked him to. Yes. Till it was time for him to go home. And I became more and more and more intrigued and involved with the, the spiritual aspect of things. And, and I realized as an animal cruelty officer, when they talk about people being on the front lines, animal cruelty officers are on the front lines. And I could tell you that in the give or take around 2,000 cases that I did, I have seen enough to know that I have seen too much. I didn't realize what the term ignorance is bliss yes. truly meant until I became an animal cruelty officer. I would tell friends of mine outside the animal welfare world, you're not going to believe this case. You're not going to believe this. And they'd say, get out of here. This, this didn't happen. And then I would show them the file and they would just be beside themselves and amazed. Because how could that be possible? How is this, this isn't how possible. How is there somebody on this earth that would do that? Right in your backyard. Like right here, yeah. right in Monmouth County. Right, yeah. It's not People a, still don't believe that there's dog fighting going on literally right in Asbury and Neptune. Oh, like they, abso- when absolutely. When you say it, they're is. like, oh no, that doesn't still happen. Oh, yes, it does. Absolutely. Every day. It does. Absolutely, it does. And mm-hmm. it's such a terrible thing to see. Consistently. Consistently. Every day. All the time. Yep. And I, uh, I realized that whenever I would see these terrible things, I didn't have anybody to talk to. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody to turn to. I didn't have anybody to to say, uh, this is what I saw, this is how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. this is horrific. Can you understand? Can like, you understand? That empathy. That person didn't exist uh, in animal welfare, at the Monmouth County SPCA or in animal welfare, period. Mm-hmm. It's not as if it didn't exist at, at Monmouth County SPCA and I could go to Associated Humane Societies or I can go to St. Hubert's and talk to right. somebody. It just, it just wasn't there. Yeah. And it started me on a path to pursue my interfaith ordination and become an ordained animal chaplain for the purpose of being able to recognize the compassion fatigue that exists in animal welfare and trying to cut it off at the pass so that people have, have an outlet that they didn't have before. And so once I had, I did my fair amount of studying and all of this other stuff and, uh, you know, it, it, you don't realize how many religions there are out there until yes, you try to pursue. Absolutely. Wow. And, uh, and, and that's what led me to get my uh, interfaith ordination and become uh, uh, an ordained animal chaplain. I love it. And, and transition over to the SPCA and transition over in, in that capacity at the SPCA. Uh, now, did they have that prior? No. 
No, no there was, and that's that's the whole thing. There yeah. was none of this yeah. existed uh, anywhere. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, I'm the first animal chaplain assigned to an animal welfare agency, which also allows the Monmouth County SPCA to stand out yeah. amongst all the other animal welfare groups. 100%. And it's not as if you have to be a patron of the Monmouth County SPCA in order to get the services that I provide. Uh, I, I received a phone call from somebody who's all the way out in California. Oh, wow. They found me on the internet and they needed somebody to speak to about the, the, the passing of their pet. I don't know if your listeners know, but I performed your marriage ceremony. Yes, you did. And, I was going to mention that. <laughs> and, but, and, but ironically, as as I was waiting for you guys to arrive for the rehearsal mm-hmm. that we had uh, uh, two days prior, yeah. the rehearsal two days prior, I received a phone call from somebody who had just lost their pet. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in the car waiting for you guys to get there, yeah. counseling somebody on the terrible loss that they're experiencing mm-hmm. and trying to get them through. So it's... Uh, it's a unique position. Uh, I'm available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Clock never stops. Clock never, because you, you never know when somebody's going to be mm-hmm. upset and they need somebody to speak to. And the same thing applies to, in particular, one of my primary focuses is, is also on the animal cruelty offices of the SPCA. You know, look, th- th- this is a police job. This is a police position. Uh, a lot of police officers are... Uh, New York City has, I, I believe right now, 11 police suicides. And it's not just the beat cop. Uh, one of them who committed suicide, I believe, was an assistant chief. Well, uh, so it, it, it affects... No one's it. safe. No one's safe. And mm-hmm. the bottom line is, is that you always have to be able to emphasize that I'm, I'm available. I'm here. If you want me, if you need me, I'm here. And I also say to them, too, if I am... And the same thing for, for the staff and the volunteers at the SPCA. If I am not your cup of tea for whatever reason, I'm not upset, I'm not offended, I'm not insulted, mm-hmm. I will find you somebody who you Absolutely. can speak to. Don't mm-hmm. don't think that, hey, listen, you know what? I Matt's really not the guy for me. Mm-hmm. So I can't now I have no one. Look, if you're a I'll find you somebody. I promise. That's a, another part of the job. Absolutely. And and also being able to recognize the difference between whether somebody needs spiritual help and psychiatric help. Yes. Because that's important. That's important. Mm -hmm. That fine line. There's a fine line. And and I'm also very much aware of what my limitations are. Mm -hmm. And you have to always keep that in perspective. When it's no longer in your wheelhouse. Right. This is, this is way beyond beyond me. me. And that's okay. And that's more than okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I, 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 I dealt with someone once who not only was seeking my help, but was also seeing two psychiatrists. Are you allowed to see two at one time? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> that, that's, you're cheating on your psychiatrist with a psychiatrist. How do you make sure that everyone's getting the, the exact same information? I Listen, so, it, well, she was going to leave one and, you know, it was like a bad relationship. Yeah. And, and now I'm, I'm in the middle of it all. Yes. So you have to be able to really be able to figure that out within the first and five minutes of the, a conversation. the big picture Absolutely. for that one person because they can't. So... For us, the the one of the things that really drew me to you um, was, you know, we did the blessing of the animals um, with you, and I love that it's non-denomination. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. The blessing of the animals is this Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, October sixth, uh, at the Monmouth County SPCA. We shut down the parking lot when you go to a, a church in order to have uh, take part in their blessing of the animals. It's over in five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. They say a prayer. And they say, you know, 
all you dogs, get off the grass. And that's it. <laughs> and it's over. I wanted to make this an event and, and make it a fun-filled family day yeah. for people to come out with their pets. So as of right now, we have 25, 26 vendors mm-hmm. who are going to be on the grounds of the Monmouth County SPCA. We shut down the parking lot to cars so that the vendors could set up all inside the parking lot. Uh, we have music. Uh, DJ Mikey G is going to be there uh, uh, all day long. Uh, Elvis Presley. He was I was going to say, is Elvis going to be there? Yes, Elvis was there last year. Uh, Richie Santa, who is a uh, wonderful Elvis impersonator, is going to be performing. Uh, he He's spectacular. Uh, I he, thought he was the real deal. I thought he was I too. Him. I was like, damn, he's back. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he plays all over the country and it's great. Uh, another close dear friend of mine. I'm very lucky to have that friendship. And uh, that he's willing to volunteer his time for free yeah. to come out and entertain. Uh, and uh, we have a face painter uh, and, and all the vendors. And it's designed to be a fun-filled family day for you and your animal. Uh, regardless I, of what religion. Re- regardless of faith. Yeah. Uh, you know, the one thing that we have in common is our love and our dedication to our companion animals. So this event allows us to build bridges between our spiritual communities instead of continuing to erect walls. It allows us to say, wow, look at that. He's Jewish and he loves his dog as much as I do and I'm Presbyterian. What else do we have in common? Mm -hmm. What other values do we share? I love it. So that's to me, that's the, the, the most important underlying principle behind the event. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's it's from noon to five. Uh, we do a general blessing over the crowd at about 12.30, and then I meet individually with anyone who wants to have their cat, dog, ferret, hamster, chinchilla blessed. Last year, people came with their horses. Uh, we had people come with their armadillo. Oh, my That's God. cool. Their snake, their tarantula. You can keep that at home. No. No, no, not, no, I'll be on the other side you, of the parking lot. You're not giving the blessing. No, not, yeah. but to me, it was to me, it was absolutely cool and awesome to see so many different people with a love and dedication to so many different animals come yeah. out for the purpose of getting their dog blessed uh, or, or their, their pet blessed. Rabbi Brooke Sussman from Freehold, New Jersey, is also going to be joining us that day. Awesome. Along with Reverend Jean Kataoka, she's flying in from. Uh, uh, California. I was going to ask if she was coming again. She's flying in from California and Reverend John Kahn is flying in from Georgia. So these are are friends of mine that uh, really uh, are honored and privileged to take part in this event. The first year that we did this, this is the fifth anniversary. The first year we did this, we had about 70, 75 people and seven vendors. Last year, we had 25 vendors, because that's the most that we could fit I know. at the SPCA. It's not that big of a parking lot. Yeah, uh, that's the most that we could fit. We had 25 vendors and about 400 people show. It's amazing. So the, the obviously the weather is the most important factor at that point. It should be good, right, this week? Oh, absolutely. Fall I'm, weather. I've been checking the weather for the past month, <laughs> the extended forecast, to see that this was going to work out. Has it changed at all? No, nah, it's been pretty solid. <laughs> good. Uh, as long as the weather is good, we expect to have a, a, a remarkable, miraculous turnout. Fabulous. And every animal who wants to get an individual blessing will get one from either myself or from the other two ministers that other two ministers and rabbi that are there. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, I never thought it would, once again, like most things that I get involved with, I yeah. never thought that it would get to this point where yeah. it would be so, so big, but it continues to grow. It had gotten 
with 400 people last year, Eatontown wanted to, uh, wanted to charge us a, 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 I remember f- that. a fee yeah. for, uh, for having this event because they need to have more police officers on. They need to have more traffic control and everything else. It, the, the idea of the fee for the event is understandable, but I had written them a letter uh, asking them to waive the fee. Uh, and I asked him to do this because this is a, a free event. Mm-hmm. It's free for the vendors. It's free for people to attend. Yep. And with what we're doing, as far as I'm concerned, God doesn't have a cover charge. <laughs> it's very simple. He doesn't. And the Eaton Town City Council uh, unanimously agreed to well, waive the How can they the say fee. no to that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they, they were worried. You that, don't argue with that. They were worried I would smite thee. <laughs> I can do that, you know. <laughs> So that's that's the story there, and uh, I'm very happy that so far everything seems to be working out as as uh, as I had hoped. It's a great event. I love it. And uh, like I said, good weather, good entertainment, uh, good food. Uh, who could ask for anything more? Yeah. So to the thing that you have been focusing on the most lately, other than the blessing of the animals, um, along came Muskie. Yeah. Another thing that was totally unexpected in my life. Yeah. Uh, uh, August 19th of last year was the annual Clear the Shelter event. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how many of your listeners know about Clear the Shelter. I think it's like nationwide, yes, right? Yes, it is. That's yeah. a, it's yeah. like a huge thing. It's, a, it's, a big, it's, yeah. it's, it's sponsored by, I believe, NBC and mm-hmm. a couple of other big, uh, That's a big, deal. big, yeah. big companies. Uh, Clear the Shelter, national event where uh, uh, adoption fees are uh, reduced or covered by the sponsors. And uh, a lot of animals, a lot of good animals find a lot of good homes. I was there at the SPCA doing new pet blessings because with all the people that are adopting animals, let's give them all new pet blessings and send them on their way. Uh, Tell them about the up and coming Blessing of the Animals event that's in October. Wonderful. Who could ask for anything more? Yeah. a woman had adopted two ferrets that day. And that led me into the small animal room at the SPCA. Uh, and there was one ferret that wasn't adopted. Mm-hmm. The ferret was still on a stray hold. And that stray hold would expire uh, the following day. And I want to emphasize, I, I don't know how many of your listeners uh, know anything about ferrets. Probably not that many because I don't know that much yeah. about ferrets. I didn't want a ferret. <laughs> I wasn't into ferrets. They weren't. I didn't think you, I didn't you know, pin you down as a ferret guy. No. I was surprised. <laughs> they, they, what does one look like when they're a ferret guy? Yeah, well, I know Maddie. Certain so. quality. Yeah. And I, I, but I, I didn't want one. I wasn't into one. I didn't dislike them. They just were never an animal that was on my yeah, radar. Yeah, they didn't jump out to you. Yeah, we're a dog house. We have four dogs. It's more than enough to handle. Yes. And since I was in the small animal room, I started playing with this little white ferret with black eyes, uh, something that I didn't even know ferrets came in that color. I'm always accustomed to the, the ferret that, that's brown with the mask, you know, yeah. looks like Zorro and yeah. does its thing. And I, I said, oh my God, you're, you're adorable. And I started playing with her. And within 10 minutes, I was absolutely hooked. I, I can't believe what I had been missing all of these years. And I... I, I can just Maddie in, in this small animal room playing with the ferret, <laughs> sitting on the floor and everyone's like, is he okay? See, yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to wait for your blessing. Yeah, I'll be... Give me I'm a minute. Busy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I said to the adoption staff, I said, uh, wrap her up. I'm, I'm taking her. <laughs> That's it. And oh, well, she doesn't come off a stray hold until tomorrow. So I, I took out my business card. I had them stamp it adopted so there was no misunderstanding. Yep. I put it on the cage. I had them stamp her cage card adopted. 
And I said, unless somebody comes running in tomorrow and says, Bubbles, I've missed you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when she's off of her stray hold, I'm taking her home. That's it. And I returned the following day. And here was the best part because <clears throat> I didn't know how my wife was going to I take. I was just going to say, did we clear this with wifey? <laughs> to any of this, right? And while I was at the SPCA working, doing new pet blessings, my wife was out with her girlfriends. Uh, it's the summer at some kind of uh, beach event and mm-hmm. bar, yeah. having a grand old time. And, yep. and I called her up and she was half in the bag yep. at the time. And I said, honey, I, I fell in love with a ferret. I, I, I want it. I want to take it. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Pour me another drink. Yeah, let's go. What do you want? Yeah, ooh, ferret. All right, sure. And then, of course, the next day when she sobered up, she said, what did I allow you to do? <laughs> and I said, ah, nothing. Everything is good. You know, come on. Let's, I'm going to pick up my friend. I'll see you later. Oh, my God. And um, I, I've had animals my entire life. I've had, uh, I grew up in, in, in apartments in Queens. We were never able to have dogs. So we, we were a cat family. And I had uh, three cats growing up, Samson, Delilah, and Sheba. They were all biblical cats. Go figure. <laughs> I love it. it. It's all starting to come together now. Yeah. Um. And then when I, I moved to New Jersey, we had gotten uh, our first dog. And then when I had gotten married, I got uh, the first family dog, which was Remy. Remy was my first dog as, as an adult. And I loved each and every one of them. But there is something different about a small and furry in the way that, you know, you expect a dog to trust you. You expect a cat to trust you. Mm-hmm. They have that. Uh, what what we perceive to be that higher level of intelligence. They recognize the relationship. Yes. Uh, you would think that with a small and furry, they just, you know, they, they, they eat, they sleep, they do their thing, but they don't develop any type of love and affection mm-hmm. for you. Ferrets do. And I guess I was so taken back by that, that my relationship with Muskie grew and expanded beyond what I had ever expected. Mm-hmm. Um, very quickly too. Absolutely, I, I I couldn't wait to come home mm-hmm. to play with the ferret. Oh I mean, God, and I look, love I love the I love my yeah. dogs. I we we go outside. We we yeah. play in the yard. They all sleep in 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 my bed. I'm covered in canine every night. So having the the, the four dogs is is absolutely wonderful. But Muskie became something really really special. And when you think about her story. Her story is, is no different than so many of the other animals that have crossed my path working at the SPCA. Yeah. Muskie was abandoned, picked up by animal control, uh, brought to the animal shelter, taken care of by the, by, by the staff of the SPCA, and then adopted into a new home. That's what it is that, that we do in animal It's pretty welfare. typical, yeah. It's a pretty typical adoption story. Yeah. And uh, bringing, her, bringing her home reminded me of, of what it is that happens every single day mm-hmm. and how this has to come to an end. People have got to, all animals are entitled to kindness, dignity, and respect, no different than you. Mm-hmm. And we have a moral and ethical responsibility to, when we take on the responsibility of an animal, see it through. Uh, Muskie never would have survived out there in, in the wild, no. as they say. Uh, thankfully, somebody found her and, and did the responsible thing by contacting the SPCA and bringing and her coming into the shelter. And I'm just the lucky guy who got to give her 
her forever home. Yeah. Well, timing is everything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, timing is, is everything mm-hmm. in life. I believe in everything happens for a reason. Uh, so I, I, you know, for, for years, people said with different ideas and things that I had, you know, you should write a children's book. Listen, I'm not a writer. I, I, I know what I am and I know what I'm not. But one night uh, in the middle of the night, I was compelled to write Muskie's story. And I wanted it as a children's book in particular because if you don't teach these kids uh, from, from, from the word jump how animals are supposed to be cared for, you're going to continue to have the re- this repetitive cycle throughout our society. 100%. So I sat down and I wrote, My Name is Muskie, a ferret story. And it's 703 words. Uh, uh, 32 fully illustrated pages. The illustrations are done by Morgan Spicer. Morgan, They're fantastic illustrations. So awesome. She is. I. I I'm. I'm beyond words to describe her abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's every time I look at the 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 work that she's done, I feel like I'm watching a a, a Disney movie. I yeah. Feel like, like I'm looking at Bolt. Yeah. It's it's just her her talent is incredible. Like How it always you... turns out better than you thought it was going to come out. That's right. How did you get linked up with her? So here it is. I have this manuscript, right? Uh, Now, what am I going to do with this? I sent it out to publishing house after publishing house after publishing house that would accept a manuscript. See, here's the thing. Uh, the, The major publishing houses won't accept unsolicited manuscripts. Uh, In order to get your manuscript in their hands, you need to have an agent. Most agents... (laughs) won't accept unsolicited manuscripts. So it's kind of like the old commercial. How do you get a confusing? How do you get a job without experience? How do you get experience without a job? Um, So I I continued to get rejection letter after rejection letter after rejection letter saying, Hey, listen, you know, we're not saying that it's not good. We're just saying that it's not good for us. Thank you very much. Have a good day. So here it is. I have this wonderful manuscript and uh, I have no illustrator. I have no publisher. What am I going to do with this? I ran into Morgan at an SPCA event. She was doing uh, little illustrations for people uh, and donating the proceeds to the SPCA at the uh, Monmouth County SPCA dog walk in April. Uh, so this past April. This past April. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, I said, you know, Morgan, I've, I, I wrote this children's book. Would you like to illustrate it? And we sat down, we came to terms, and she illustrated the book for me. And she did it in record time. I I mean, I was amazed as to how fast. I guess when you have that talent, it just comes to you. Yeah. I mean, she was done illustrating this book within eight weeks. Well, she clearly saw your vision, too. Because I actually went to school for art, and I I know during your process, like if you're not in it, it's very hard to produce good work. So she must have really been feeling what, like picking up what you were putting down. So that's why she was able to just get through it because it was, it was so important to her. And, and it's, it's perfect for children because mm-hmm. the images are not lifelike images. They're cartoon images, yes. which will speak to kids yes. more so than a, a portrait artist who, uh, where everything detail-wise will look exactly like Muskie. Absolutely. But I can't imagine 32 pages of that. That would be... very monotonous. Absolutely. So, and with all the rejection letters that I had gotten, I said, okay, how do I get this published? So I started looking into all the different self-publishing options. There's uh, 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 Kindle, 
there's uh, Ingram Spark, there's so many different print-on-demand type of uh, things that you could do with something that you've written. And I wasn't happy with any of them. Uh, so I said to myself, self, I'm going to start my own publishing company. My God. Because, you know, I don't have enough things to do. So I started my own publishing company called Humane Press. Uh, so clever. And, and Morgan designed uh, the logo for Humane Press, which is in... Uh, which is the H, and uh, the interlocking between the H is a human's hand and a dog paw. I love it. Um, So I started Humane Press, fully registered in New Jersey, tax ID number, everything, my own legitimate publishing house. And I found myself my own book printer to have the books printed and bound, uh, uh, and it's all what's called offset printing, so that the, the... the text and the colors really pop. They really stand out. And sometime next week, I will be getting my advanced author copy, uh, 32 page, 703 word, fully illustrated, oh, a hard covered book that I have to look at and review uh, to make certain that everything is absolutely perfect because you don't want to go to press with any mistakes mm-hmm. whatsoever. And there's supposed to be like a million other people that look at it too, right? To oh yeah, sure absolutely. Absolutely. So once, and you have to, and you can't just read it. You have to read it word for mm-hmm. word. It's out a, loud, in your head, out, backwards. Yes. Yep. You know, and then once you're done, here, you read it. Yep. Mm-hmm. The same way that I did. Yeah. Make sure that everything is, is absolutely right. Punctuation. Uh, capitalization, yep. placement of, of the text, yeah. uh, make sure the bleeds are right, everything. And then once you have that, then you uh, give the approval and the remaining 2,999 copies will go to print because I, I ordered 3,000 copies mm-hmm. and I'll have them, if all goes well, by my uh, release date of November 22nd. Amazing. And the reason why I chose November 22nd as the release date, that's the uh, anniversary of when my family arrived in this country from Italy. Wow. My family came to this country November 22nd, 1913. And so to be able to release a book. Very cool. Yeah, it's incredible. I like that. I wasn't expecting that to be the anniversary. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. it was going to be a dog or no, something like that. So that's really cool. We've, it goes to highlight the, the, the concept that we've come a long way yeah. since our arrival in this country. That we, we came here as, as uh, poor immigrants uh, looking to start a, a new uh, life and a new chapter in America. And you wrote a book. And now over <laughs> just about, uh, you know, a hundred and uh, 106 years later. Yeah. One of our descendants is a is a published author. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, very That's much awesome. so. Awesome. Uh, uh, and and I hope that uh, although I never had the opportunity to meet my great grandfather when mm-hmm. he immigrated here, I hope that uh, looking down from heaven, this makes him proud. That the effort to come to this country. Mm-hmm. And, and bring my, my grandfather and his brothers and sisters was all worth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you faced a lot of adversity making this book. You, aren't you still getting rejection letters? From I'm still getting them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're still coming in. Yeah, yeah. Just, Enough already. They're still coming in. I, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, hate to, I hate to break it to you. This book. And, and the thing is, too, is that by, by continuing to get these letters, I don't want anybody to think that I, I keep getting them because this book sucks. I keep getting them. Because publishing houses, you know, the, the world of publishing is, uh, 
it's something that I didn't expect it to be. When you, when you write something like this, you think, oh, you know, I'm going to write it. I'll send it in. It'll be printed in Reader's Digest. Happy yeah. days. That's it. It's over. It's an awful lot of work, and you're talking about a tremendous investment. Uh, and if a publishing house feels that they will not tremendously profit from their uh, from from getting behind a, a book, they uh, they won't back it. They are publishing houses. It's like insurance. Yeah. Well, pu- yeah, publishing <laughs> yeah. houses are doing less like, and no, less. It's just too risky. Yeah, they're doing less and less. Mm-hmm. Uh, print on demand and self-publishing and going the route that I went, uh, creating my own my own brand. So does that turn them off because you don't have an agent, you don't have all this stuff, so they're like, ooh, we're yeah. not so sure it's about higher, this. It's higher risk, I'm assuming. Yeah, as a, you don't have as backup. As an author and as a book. Right, right. They, uh, whenever you solicit to a, a publisher, uh, they want to know your social media presence. They want to know... Uh, what it is that you do. Because all that know matters. What, uh, they want to Because you're a, a nobody. They want to sell books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and even when you have that, well, you know what? It's it's not enough. The days of publishing houses assigning you uh, somebody from the house to represent you. Yeah. The days of going on Good Morning America with your book, going on a book tour. Yeah. Those days are, are, are long gone in the world of because publishing. Because of social media. Because we don't need it. We don't need it. So it's, uh, look, newspapers are dying, mm-hmm. publishing houses are dying, uh, print media is uh, unfortunately going, starting to go the way of the dodo bird. Wow. And it's, it's to me, I, I still like reading a paper instead of reading it on my phone. I like reading a book instead of it being an ebook on a, on a, on a tablet or on a phone. There's I, something about that tangible, you know, especially for children. Oh, especially for a children's I think it's book. very important for kids to actually read real books. Yeah. And no, and, and the, just even the feeling of turning the pages mm-hmm. is... You see it on their iPads, they're on their tablets, and it's just right. like, we didn't do this when we were kids. No. no we didn't have any. We didn't no. have any of this. Nope. Uh, and uh, like any, any cultural change, there are good aspects of it and there are bad aspects of it. But I'm... I'm I'm very proud of the product that Morgan has helped me to put together. Beautiful, and, beautiful work. And this is, a, I believe this is going to be a tremendous success. And I didn't realize how popular ferrets actually were. Uh, Muskie now has her own Facebook page. I know, you have like a lot of followers in there. Muskie has 2,940 followers as of this morning. That's more than you, John. <laughs> Way more. I, I, I mean, and there are only about 100 people on uh, that are friends of the page are actually people that I know. Yeah. Uh, the other 2,800 people are, are all ferret people, are all people who have the same love, devotion, dedication, an understanding now of yeah. ferrets that I have. Yeah. And uh, they are all so happy about the fact because there are plenty of dog books. There are oh, pl- yes. Uh, tons of cat books. There aren't any ferret books. And so they're... They're, they're so, behind this. They're behind this You 100%. have a bigger crowd than you would have if you just made another dog book. If I had made just another dog book. Right. It's right. amazing. Uh, 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 ferrets have, do, do not have the representation in the literary world. And like I said, she wasn't even like a ferret wasn't even on my radar until I actually really got the ability to spend some one on one time with with a ferret that I said, this animal is amazing. People who haven't had a ferret in their lives, a a good ferret, Mm -hmm. no different than a good cat or a good dog. I mean, look, you, you can get somebody asked me the other day, does she bite? And I said, well, of course she bites. She has teeth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Will, will she bite? <laughs> yeah. No, 
No, of course not. No, she won't. She's my ferret. <laughs> but but she can bite. Yeah. You know she. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, you can get a a, a a a bad ferret. You can get a bad dog. You can get a yeah. bad cat. You can get a bad hamster. But like everything else, when you have a good one, like like I'm fortunate to have, what a wonderful pet. Yeah. What a wonderful pet. Miranda, when she took care of your animals the last time, she was sending me videos. She's like, oh my God, Maddie's ferret is so cool. <laughs> she was there for like an extra half an hour. I was like, you have other stuff to do. You have to leave now. <laughs> well, what's, what's I remember actually because ferrets are very deep sleep. Yes, she was terrified. She thought she was dead. She thought Muskie had died. Yes. They, I mean, she was they, like, what do I, I was like, wake her up. They go, in, yeah, they, they go into what's called a dead sleep. Like a REM sleep. Yeah, like they're really in it. Like they're out. Yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, thankfully she was able to bring her back from the great beyond. Oh my God. And wake her up. Yeah. So much stress. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like I said, my name is Muskie is, uh, I can't believe how well this, this, this whole thing is gone. Yeah. And, uh. And now the real work begins. Once mm-hmm. I actually have the book in hand, yeah. I've been promoting it all this time. Yes. Um, once the book is out, now I have to move the book. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it will be available. And get everybody behind you. It will be available for purchase on Amazon. Uh, it Which will, helps. Everybody loves Amazon. Everybody does. Uh, personally, I hate it. What? Because uh, from everything that I read of, of the way that their employees are treated. Oh, well, yeah, that. I, I, I'm a labor guy at heart yes, and, and to hear that, pe- that people's labor is being taken advantage of mm-hmm. and, and not, and that workers aren't being treated with the kindness, dignity, and respect that they deserve at yeah. the workplace bothers me. But unfortunately they are the only game in town at this point. And uh, as a result, I, I have to compromise and have books available for people who wish to make their purchase mm-hmm. through Amazon. Uh, I also will be obviously selling it myself yes uh, there are people that are going to want uh people have contacted me they want their their copy signed i'm sure they do because i do and they want it signed they don't want it signed by me they can care less they want it signed by Muskie. are you gonna <laughs> um, do little prints yes I, I, I had a paw print oh made up oh my god so uh musky will be uh musky will be busy signing books oh my god um and and just so everybody understands too about this book all of the characters in the book are from the Monmouth County SPC. John's in the book. Yes, John is in the book. Um, Fangirling. Uh, <laughs> That's my husband. <laughs> I, I put my wife in the book because I want to have a comfortable place to live. I put my <laughs> I put my daughter in the book. But uh, everybody who is in the book is an actual known character. So mm-hmm. uh, when uh, uh, Stephanie finds Muskie alone, uh, dirty and hungry... She gets out her phone and calls the SPCA and Officer John comes. And then uh, Muskie goes to the shelter and is taken care of by Dr. Nicole, who is Dr. Uh, Nicole Fetterson, the medical director of the Monmouth County SPCA. And then Muskie is uh, taken over to animal care. And uh, a nice lady named Kathy finds Muskie, gives Muskie a, a nice cage with a bowl of food and a blanket and a bed. That's Kathy Miles. When Muskie is adopted and the paperwork is being is adopted by Victoria, my daughter, who also approved the adoption when I said we're bringing <laughs> I'm sure home a she ferret. Did. Um, and then uh, when paperwork is being filled out, it's Kelly Coleman, who's the assistant manager of the Monmouth County SPCA, the assistant manager of customer service. Mm-hmm. She's in the book. So I, I made certain to 
include all of the real life characters who uh, may not have had a particular impact on Muskie, but have a real impact on all the animals uh, that are serviced at the Monmouth County SPCA. And the truth of the matter is this, when uh, if the book were to go to schools in Eatontown, if the book were to go to schools in Long Branch, if the book were to go to schools in Ocean Township, it's a way to let the children there know. These are your local heroes. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about They're heroes? Real. These people are real. These are people that this is what they do every single day for the animals within your, your shared communities who are in need of help. I also think it helps kids understand like this is this is also a career path for you. Like these are real people. This is this is their job. This is what they do every day. Like you could do this too if this is something that you resonate with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Children need to be able to see that these are potential real world opportunities for them as as they grow up. If we if they have the same kindness, dignity, and respect values for animals that all of us at this table share, which yeah. is which is why it is that we're all friends from the jump. So when it comes to your proceeds, I know you're doing kind of something fun with that. Oh yeah, I'm donating all the proceeds from the book. That's amazing. I'm don't because you regardless know, of all this hard work and your own money that you're putting into it, like you're just oh, I'm I'm getting that money back. <laughs> you, you, there's no question about it. Yeah. You're you're gonna break even. I'm gonna break even. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if if all goes well, yeah. I'm gonna break. <laughs> let's you know. Let's let's pray for that. Let's keep this all in, yeah. in perspective. If all goes well, I won't lose any money. Okay. Um, and any proceeds from uh from this adventure is going to go to the Monmouth County SPCA and uh, and any other animal welfare agencies that uh, wish to take part in some kind of fundraising. Yeah. Uh, or any other nonprofits of any other kind. Uh, as an Italian-American, I'm a member of uh, the Sons of Italy. So if they want to have a fundraiser with the book, I'll be more than happy to donate the proceeds to yeah. uh, the Committee on Social Justice. But primarily, uh, short of those type of... Uh, outlying organizations, all of the monies are going to go to animal welfare. And all of the monies are going to go, in particular, to the Monmouth County SPCA, where, where I serve as the chaplain. They're the ones who uh, found Muskie. They're the ones who took care of Muskie. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who uh, allowed me to adopt Muskie and give her her new uh, ferret leash on life. Yeah. So I, I feel that that's where uh, the money should be dedicated. Yeah. The average children's author Self-published children's author makes uh, about no more than $10,000. And depending upon the amount of books they sell, that that obviously ranges. So in the grand scheme of things, over the life of this book, because mm-hmm. the average book has a lifespan of two years, okay. $10,000, 5000 a year in residuals is not going to dramatically alter or change the course of my life. Mm-hmm. It's like when you really think about it, it's like getting an extra hundred bucks a week. Mm-hmm. All right. So if it's if if I make ten thousand dollars on the book and I trip over a hundred dollar bill every week, yeah, for the next two years, it is not going to alter or change, yeah, how I live. It's such a great way to look at it. But ten thousand dollars to an animal welfare facility means a lot. Uh, making a $5,000 a year contribution based on the returns of the book, that that can do an awful lot of good. Mm -hmm. That can do an awful lot of good. Yeah. And it'll allow 
for other animals like Muskie to have the opportunity at finding a new forever. Um, I wanted to touch on this from a wife standpoint. I just think how wonderful it is how behind you Steph is. Because when we when you first told us we went we were at a party with a bunch of friends from the SPCA and uh you were talking about this and we were discussing she's like she's like your little hype woman. Like she's like, Yeah, it's gonna be great. Like some like not everybody's like that or like sees that passion or like has that the same thing that their husband has like she no matter what you do she's always behind you and I just I really admire that about her and and listen there are times that she gets frustrated and says like any other normal person but the truth of the matter is this I would not be the person that I am today if it weren't for the love and support that I get from my Mm -hmm. wife I remember when I, I came home and I told her, I said, I'm going to be an animal cruelty officer. And she said, what? Are you, what? what are you talking? Are you <laughs> this, this is what I'm going to do. And she said, if that's what you want to do, okay. And, you know, normally you get most, most about, wait a second, you're out of your mind, but, but, but my, my wife. What about me? What about me? My mm-hmm. wife, my wife trusts in my judgment. Mm-hmm. And she said to me years later that, because of the type of responsibilities that go along with that job, there are times that I think we're going to have the, a nice, quiet evening. And then the phone rings, and it's this police department or it's that police department that they I, I got to go out, and I, I'd have to leave. She told me how years later how it, it, it was troubling to her for mm-hmm. me to have to do that, but yet she stood by me and she mm-hmm. supported it. And then when I came home and I said, I'm going to get my interfaith ordination and I'm going to, I'm looking to become the chaplain of the SPCA. What, what are you talking about? Where is this coming what from? What does that even mean? What does that even, right. What <laughs> does that even mean? You Another, said that to me. I'd be like, I have no idea what that even means. And sure as anything, she said, oh, okay. All right. I, I, I stand behind you. And off I went and I, I did that. And it, a lot of time by myself in my office doing what had to be done in order to achieve. So it was, uh, and now when I said, when I came home, I remember when I had finished writing the manuscript for My Name is Muskie. Uh, It was like six in the morning. I come upstairs to go to bed and my wife says, where were you? And I said, I wrote a book. She said, you you did what? I said, "I, I wrote a book. Well, what do you, what do you mean you wrote a book? it was a damn good one. What do you mean you wrote a book? <laughs> I wrote a children's book. What, about what? What did you... I, I, You're so vague. I would have done the same thing. Like, come on, give me more information. Yeah, because, you know, because, because now I'm exhausted. It's 6 a.m. I want to now actually go to sleep. Yep. And and she wants to be... Uh, thinks well, read it to me. The Inquisition, right. <laughs> so I, I got out the... Uh, I got out the printed copy that I had and... I said, now, you know, remember, this is a first draft. And I, I read it to her and she said, oh, my God, that's that's wonderful. Well, well what are you going to do with it? And I said, I don't know. I'm going to bed. Good night. <laughs> like, I have no idea because, like I said, you, you, I know I'm going to send it. One step at a time. Yeah, it's, it's written. And this was. I feel like that's a really, like. That's like a funny way to like look at it. Like men, you guys are more like step oriented. We're like women. We are like, we have the whole plan planned out before we even hit step one. And you guys are like, I guess we'll see. Well, and just so you know, I wrote this back in October of last year. Yeah. This, it's not like I wrote it three weeks ago and here I am doing this. 
it took an awful lot of time to bring this project to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, be, sending it, making copies of it, sending it out to uh, to, to uh, p- p- prospective publishers, um, editing it, doing this, doing that, learning all about and researching all about the publishing process. Because yeah. like I said, it's not no, just... No that, one was doing it for you. No, yeah. it's not just that you write it and send it off to, to Reader's yeah. Digest and there and it is. Sit back. It's done and it's over. Every night, I would look at the computer and read a different article, one one after the other, about how to self-publish your children's mm-hmm. book, how to publish your children's book, how to get publishers to read your manuscript for your children's book. It got to the point, so and now I'm getting all of these rejection letters coming in, slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. It got to the point that between the rejection letters and all the research that I had been doing constantly, yeah. There, uh, information is, is, it's to get in, to gather information is never wasted until you start to gather too much information. Now I'm reading all of these different things. I'm getting contradictory opinions on how to do this, on how to do that, on which way to go, how to, finally I said, you know what? That's it. Enough. I am making a decision. This is what I'm doing. I am going to self-publish it. I am not going to do any type of print on demand. I'm not, I am going to do this. I'm going to start my own publishing company, find my own book printer, and put this whole thing together myself. I am going to take on the entire responsibility and do it 100% accurate. And it, it worked. I got my illustrator. I got my company. I got everything all squared away. And now, over a year later, the book will finally come out. And when somebody asked me about, you know, I can't believe that you did all of this when, when you... When I reflect back on a lot of things in my life, becoming an animal cruelty officer, becoming the chaplain, uh, writing this book, somebody asked me, "What? how is it that you managed to end up making it happen? And the answer is really, really simple. And I hope everybody who's listening takes this to heart. Commitment is doing something long after the thrill of having said it is gone. It, and... If you if you say you're gonna do it, buckle down and do it. Don't just talk about it. And this is a trait that, in all honesty, that you want to impress upon your kids yes. more than anything. Hundred percent. And kids. That's why my mother never. If I if I was on a team, I was never allowed to miss a practice because I just didn't want to go. No, you're going. You made a commitment. I don't care if it's just a silly practice. You're going. And you, you you really don't appreciate that until you're an adult. Yeah. Because as a oh, kid. Oh, I thought it was so annoying when I was a kid. I was like, but I'm so tired. I know. I know. And parents are so, they're, they're so bad and they're God. such terrorists. And <laughs> and you, I'm sure you have told your therapist all about the terrible things <laughs> that, that your, your, your mother did to you. Yeah, and uh, and uh, kids want what they want when they want it. And they want what they want when they want it now. And I, I know. And, every, and the easy way is to say, okay, whatever. The easy way but is to my say My mother whatever. did not go the easy way. And the easy and way I appreciate is... the fact that she didn't. The easy way is to give everybody a trophy. No, mm-hmm. I, I completely and totally get it. No participation awards here. Yes, participation <laughs> awards. You you showed up. Anybody you, hands our kid one of those, I'm taking it. <laughs> you, 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 you lost miserably. No, you lost. <laughs> Next time you'll be better. I, for, I forget who it was who said it. The whole reason why they teach sports in schools is to teach kids how to lose. Yeah, that's okay. 
nothing wrong it's with losing. It's fine. You're not, you're not always going to win. Yeah. Uh, I'm my first Little League coach, John Broderick, bingo. Bingo was his, his nickname. We lost every game but one. And he was such an angry man. He really was. <laughs> such a, I tell you right now, everybody plays and everybody has fun. God, you understand what I'm saying? And this is how it's going to be. I don't care if we win. I don't care if we lose. But we're playing. God, everybody plays. Everybody has fun. When we won that one game, you would think that we won the Super the Bowl <laughs> International Little League Championship. <laughs> it really, you know, losing sucks. There's nothing Three fun pizza, about ice losing. Ice cream for everybody. But we won that one game, and that one game, I still remember. I'm talking about this was 40 years ago. That's crazy. Because it really made an impact. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that I want uh, children to absolutely get when they ask for it, whether they deserve it or not, is a copy of My Name Is Muskie. And that's <laughs> that's the one thing that regardless of whether your child's been naughty or nice, good or bad, uh, yeah, your kid deserves a copy of My Name is Muskie because it's all going to go to a worthy cause. Mm-hmm. And and people have actually asked me, Muskie's friends have asked me on Facebook, uh, My Name is Muskie on Facebook. Yes, Perfect. go follow. Couldn't make it any easier. Uh, people have asked for Muskie merch. So we're putting together a musky t-shirt. And if the book goes well, people have asked for a musky doll, a musky stuffed animal. I'm, yeah. I'm amazed. This could go so many different ways. I'm absolutely amazed. And when the book comes out, I intend to send free copies to every publishing house that rejected me, along with a copy of the sales report. You know what I just thought of? <laughs> and this is like totally, I guess it's not totally off topic. Like now that we're having baby. I like think about these things because beforehand it's not something you think about. If you did, you're kind of weird. Um, like that could be a themed room for a child, like a nursery. Oh, like absolutely. I'm like thinking about yeah. like the baby's room and I'm like, you could have musky sheets and musky bedding and like little stuffed animals and like the book on the little nook and signed and just super cute. It's, it's amazing how some of these animals develop such a following. Because it's important. And I and the thing is, is that, you know, people have even asked me too, when are you coming out with your next book? I said, my next book? Let, let me get through this Hold book. Hold on a second. Let's see it. I'm one step at a time. But let's get through this book. Uh, so millennial. On to the next. On to the next. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even done with this Relax. one. Relax. Yeah. You didn't read it yet. Yeah, yeah. You may you may read this and say this is terrible. I can't believe I can't believe. Don't I, make another. I can't believe I spent sixteen ninety five on this. Um but yeah, I, I mean, it has, it has the, like anything else, it has the potential to grow. And I love to forecast that mm-hmm. positive energy yes. that, that this is going to become. That's I'm gonna why have, you and I get along so well. I'm going to have the t-shirt. I'm going to have the doll. I'm going to have. You're doing the, it all. I'm going to have the bed sheets, yep. the action figure, uh-huh. and, and the Saturday morning cartoon. Yes. That sounds great. But if the only thing that I have is. 3,000 copies of a book called My Name is Muskie and they all sell and I get to go to a second print. That alone, to me, would make this a success. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I, the last, anything more than that would be a blessing. Anything more than that would be a blessing and and the last thing that I want to have is set myself up for disappointment. You know, it's nice to have delusions of grandeur. Everybody dreams of, yeah, I'd love to be able to have it turn into a cartoon and be able to stand up there and... Yeah, I'd like to. There's thank. always like that positive of like what it can be, but also realism. Let's be realistic. In between, I mean, look, everybody has that dream. I'd like to thank the Academy for this wonderful award. 
<laughs> none of this would have been possible without the support of that. Listen, that's great. But if I, I don't expect it, mm-hmm. um, I just expect to produce a high quality book that kids are going to really enjoy. And, and if you go to the website, uh, com. Uh, the website needs some work because I've been focusing so much on Facebook and it's only me and I'm not a face I'm not a I'm not a computer guy I'm well, a lot of things the one who's sitting right next to me is well, good John can come over anytime and work on it <laughs> um, but the one thing that I do have up there is the downloadable humane education companion manual that is very important uh, very important from an educational standpoint it was written, yeah, it, w- it, was, it was written by Dr. Chris Haley, who is a humane educator, and it's designed so that, because the, the reading level of this book is for uh, ages five through seven, mm-hmm. uh, the Lexile measure, which is something that's used in the school system, is 500L to 600L. You can download and print out for free the Humane Education Companion Manual so a teacher can teach the book as the children are reading it. That is very important because it it creates those empathy bridges that we mm-hmm. want to establish with when children they're young, when, when they're, they're young when they're in that age that's yeah. very important do a lot of schools know about that oh i made i made it i put it out there it's very very clear and Good. and my hope is that uh, a bunch of schools will will be interested in in buying this yeah our companion manual is pretty standard for schools like when there is a book out there'll be a companion manual already for the teachers to utilize or is this something special you're putting together this is something special that i put together i don't know what uh teachers do or what other books do i know that this is what i did yeah because i i downloaded i read through it it's uh it's awesome because it's a lot of do you have an animal at home what kind of animal do you have Mm -hmm. when you think about animals what kind of animals do you think Mm -hmm. about like it's it's things to get kids talking Right. So it's so much more than 705 words. Yes. Yeah, and it also has a, a Venn diagram. It has a, a help musky find his home maze for oh, kids. Cute. It has a coloring page. Yeah. It has bookmarks. These are all, all tools that teachers can utilize to make the book, yes. like John said, that much more interesting, that much more engaging, that much more fun. We're taking it to the next level. Taking it to the next level. That's it. <laughs> um, so... We kind of skimmed over it. I know you probably don't want this question. What is the future of Humane Press? Do you have any ideas yet where it's moving? Did you put so much work into like it? Like, what if I wrote a book? Well, you see, funny that you should say that. Because um, I've thought about it. Everyone is asking, when's the next one coming out? And my answer is, I haven't the foggiest idea. Yeah. Let's get through this one first. But the future for Humane Press. the Humane Press will handle the publishing of any other books that I do. Mm-hmm. And will also handle publishing any animal welfare-related book that comes our way. So, yes, if you wrote a book on your experiences in dog training, Mm -hmm. for example, and you wanted Humane Press to publish it, we would publish it. We would go over what the numbers are, what the investments would be from uh, both of us, and come up with a fair and equitable contract so that uh, you make money, Humane Press makes money, which we will then donate which is what the whole idea behind this is for, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's how the book will come out. And we'll go over different marketing strategies and everything else that now I have learned over the past year. Because everybody says, I want to write a book. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I want to climb Mount Everest. That doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean that it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, so commitment is doing something long after the thrill of having said Absolutely. it is gone. But, but I just think if you kept it going... 
it would like all of that research that you did, all of that information that you got in your head, like it wouldn't be just for one book. No, and I think no, I'm, I am more very than, more than willing to do it for, with others and yeah. for others. You could come up with like a whole if the right slew book comes right of animal welfare books. If I mean, the it's right thing insane. comes our way, yeah, like everything. If the right thing comes our way, I'll be more than happy. I find that the things that are meant to be come the easiest. Oh yeah, yeah. So. And listen, I, I've now gotten to a point where I have an illustrator, if it's a children's book. She's wonderful. I have, I have Morgan, uh, who, who also, by the way, is not, ju- not just did the illustrations, she also did the book layout. Did she have prior knowledge have, of doing this? She's done 30 children's books That's already. That's amazing. And she's, she's only 30 years old. This is what her degree is in right. from Syracuse. This is, this is her, her profession. Can we follow Morgan on something? Morgan has her own... Facebook page okay. called Bark Point Studios. Cute. Uh, and she's on Facebook and also, uh, obviously, her website, www.barkpointstudios.com. Could we find her on Instagram? I, I believe so. People I'm not, love, an, I'm people not love an Instagram. The I know. You grandma. just got on Facebook. I just, I know. I know. <laughs> you this, took over your wife's. <laughs> this whole thing is very, very new for me, and I'm having a hard enough time handling Muskie's Facebook account, <laughs> let alone adding the well, Instagram. Now that, and, now, that, now that she's a celebrity, not my lot of work. I know. I had to buy her. I, I, you saw the post the other day. I had to buy her a disguise <laughs> so people don't harass her. <laughs> Sunglasses. I love it. Little Pikachu outfit. So cute. Um, so it's, Wait, uh, are you dressing her up for Halloween? I, I haven't figured that out yet. She really you gotta. Is, she really does not like it. No, she's not. <laughs> she's not an apparel type of girl. No, she's. Uh, she gets it, these. These are the things that get her upset. But I'll. I'll figure it out for Halloween. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So it's. It. It. It has Bark Point Studio. If you uh, would like it illustrated, uh, I have. Uh, 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 L. Talbot Editorial Services. Krista Hill did the editing for the book. Uh, I have a book printer, PRC Book Printing. So I have now you have like all of these. Yeah, I have all of these outlets mm-hmm. that I would love to be able to share with somebody else who uh, has the right project and and wants to put something together. So let's recap. When can we get the book? All goes well with the printers. Mm-hmm. November twenty second is the release date for the book. It'll be available on Amazon. It'll be available uh, through a, a Facebook link. My name is Muskie, and it'll be available on the webpage, www.mynameismuskie.com, M-U-S-K-Y. Perfect. Now, is this something that we can promote as well? Like, if we wanted to grab that link and put it somewhere for oh, our people please. to find? We're going to put that in the show notes of this episode. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, you could just swipe up, and you should be able to hit the link right from there, and continue listening to the rest of this while you're browsing the website. Mm-hmm. Is there a final message you'd like to leave everyone with? Ah, a final message. Well, usually whenever I'm asked something like that, I, I like to uh, go to my ace relief pitcher. And as far as I'm concerned, the, the person who made all of this possible for me, and that's my beloved saint, uh, the seraphic father, St. Francis of Assisi. And St. Francis said, Not to hurt our humble brethren is our first duty to them, but to stop there is not enough. We have a higher mission to be of service to them whenever they require it. So there you go. That to me is is a wonderful message that I hope resonates with with everyone who's listening and that they remember that uh, all of God's creatures, all creation, uh, we're all here and we share this planet together. 
and we all have to do everything that we can in order to live in balance and harmony with one another and to help those who are less fortunate and to be there for those animals who who see us as the the beacon of light that we're supposed to be as good stewards of this planet very important beautiful i think that uh that sums everything up that's all perfect. right all right. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, thank you. You are our first interview on this podcast. Yes, so. you are. Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> wow, look at that. The first. No, well, Maddie, you know, for most people that, that are listening and don't don't know, Maddie's one of our closest friends. So this this was easy. I texted him a week and a half ago. I said, "Want to be on our podcast?" And he was like, "Yeah, what day and time?" <laughs> it was sure. this, It was the shortest conversation we have ever had. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't even sure you were actually coming. I was like, "Wait, he knows where we live, right?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Th- thankfully, Jamie confirmed the address for me, I so did. I, I it made it easy. <laughs> it was just so funny because you know it was just such a quick conversation. You, no questions asked. I'll be there. Done. And uh, we're just so happy that you are our first interviewer and uh, that we got to talk about all these great things because I think we have focused on a lot of certain topics on this podcast, and I think it was really great that we got to like broaden our topic a little bit and go in a different direction. But still cover what we, you know, what, what our believe brand in. believes yep. in. Animal welfare is our thing. So, Well, listen, this this is my first podcast. It's exciting. And very exciting. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, I, I can't thank the two of you enough for, for offering me the opportunity to come on here and to speak about uh, who I am, what I've done, and, and what the future holds. I think so, it's very important and everybody should know your story. This is great. Really, thank you so much for having me. Of course, thanks for being here. Thank you for being uh, being on the podcast. And uh, as always, class dismissed.